Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy to find grace to help in the time of need. I don't think we fully understand how incredibly deep that passage is. I don't, I, I don't, if, do we understand that it's an open invitation? Do we understand what God is saying? The simplicity of praying to God. But it says, let us therefore, the therefore literally is saying, uh, because we just studied this, because of what I just said, what we just studied, we can do this. Without what we just studied, this verse doesn't make sense. Let us therefore come boldly. Therefore is impossible without what we study in verse 14 and 15 before this, to come before the throne of grace. And I, I think for us, the idea of just running to God, it becomes like so cliche. Of course you can run to God. Of course you can pray to God. The Old Testament, they didn't do that. In the Old Testament, just, just to have this visual, when it came to God, when it came to the, the image of God, they, they, were, they were separated. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, okay? When Adam and Eve had fellowship with God, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They, walked with, they had conversations with God because we were created for fellowship with God. Apart from God, you can do nothing because God is my strength. I was, I was breathing to my nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. There's more to you than body. There's more to than you to mind emotions. You have a soul that was created by God for us to be connected to God. But there's the visual that we have in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. There was the visual of what happened. And I know this is so simplistic, but just, just work with me because I, I, I know that Satan uses this in, in our minds to pull us away from God. But what happened was when Adam and Eve sinned, because God cannot be connected to sin. God is holy and righteous and pure and good, and there is no darkness at all in him. It's not just a matter of he is good. He, he is the very essence of good. He is the very essence of righteousness. And these two do not connect at all. So when man sinned, it separated us from God. So the visual that we have in Genesis is they put the angels with the flaming swords as a visual that you are no longer in fellowship with God because we've sinned. And so there's a verse that we use a lot that illustrates this. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is every single one of us. It's not just Adam and Eve. It's every single one of us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because of this sin that was there, it separated us from God. And these two cannot compare. They cannot connect whatsoever. The, the word short, let, let me show you this. Because I think we, we read this verse all the time. Romans 3.20, for all have sinned and come short. The word short means to be inferior. It means to fall behind or come behind. It means to fail or to lack or to suffer want or, or to be worse off. So the idea is, as much as I need God, I cannot get to God because I am lost in sin. And so this sin separates us from God. This keeps me from being able to be connected to God. And that's why we are lost in our trespasses and sin. That is why we're so messed up, because we're separated from God. Even to the point where in the Holy of Holies, it was illustrated once again. God had a desire, and God would, in the Holy of Holies, shine down the Shekinah glory of God in the inner tabernacle of them. And the priests could not go in there, you know, because of sin. And so they would try to go into the Holy of Holies once a year and they'd sprinkle the blood. But they could not dwell in the presence of God because we have fallen short. But it doesn't stay that way. So my status is simply that I cannot get to God. 
So verse 14 and 15 tells me how God made a way. But verse 16 tells me that I have complete access to God. But we need to start with this. It says, uh, it says, we know that Jesus died on the cross. And I know he says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We can go to God. We can go to the throne. And right now I'm using this as this illustration. And, and I love the fact that Hebrews talks about the throne of God. That is so visual and it has so much depth because you know what we normally talk about? Let me run to the Father. You can run to the Father. Let me, well, let me cry out, Abba, Father. And that is all true. But in this passage, it gives us a different visual of coming before God as the throne. And I'll explain what that means next week. But this is talking about how Jesus made a way. We can go to the throne. We can go to God because Jesus made a way. In communion, he's reminding us as we, as we talk about how Jesus dealt with this because we struggle with this. I struggle with this when I pray. I struggle with this with doubt. I struggle with this with spiritual warfare. That is why we need this to remind us that God dealt with this. Because God knows we're human. God knows we struggle with the past and the things that we've gone through. So here it is. Number one, Jesus dealt with our sin. You say, I know that. Really, do we act like it? Because here's the thing. Just work with me on this, okay? When we need God in our lives, we get stuck right here. We, 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 we need to bow at the feet of Jesus. We need to be in fellowship with him. But then God rem- or Satan will remind you, you know you've messed up. You, you know how you, you were a horrible dad this week and you yelled at your wife or you looked at that image online? You know that you cheated in that way. You know that you're not. And it manipulates our mind. It messes with our mind to where we're not boldly going before the throne of grace because I struggle with the sin in my life. I struggle with the spiritual warfare in my head. But I don't deserve to go to him. I'm not as good as so-and-so. I fall short. I don't pray like I should. I have not prayed all week or all day or whatever. And and, and, and I, I have struggled with that. I've gone before God being so burdened, and I get to this point, and I kneel down, and then I'm just like, why does it matter? I've already told you a thousand times. Why should I tell you one more time the same thing? That's not God putting that in my head. That is Satan telling me that it doesn't matter. Then why would you say the same things over and over again if you've already told them? Because God doesn't forget. So why should I go and remind him again of the same thing that I've already told him? Maybe some of you have had those thoughts. I have. Can I tell you that I've had times in my journey that I've gotten lost in prayer? And I've had times where I only prayed 30 seconds and I got mad and got up and walked out. Because I'm thinking the same prayer list of the same things and I'm thinking it doesn't matter. Do you understand that that's because sin of guilt or pain or regret or doubt or fear or whatever it is. It's not just murder, okay? It's like, I can't get to God because I'm a murderer, okay? I I hope that doesn't match most of you in here. (laughs) But we do have doubt. We do struggle with a lot of other things in our life that hold us back with that. The whole passage of this that he starts getting into as he begins to tell us, verse 14, he said, seeing then, he says, let me show you something. He, he said, seeing then, we have a great high priest that is passing into the heavens. Jesus, we, we know the illustration of Jesus died on the cross. Okay, so I'm just going to lay it out. For some of you, this is so basic, but I promise you it fits with what we're doing today. Jesus hated the fact that this separated us from him. He hated that. 
So Jesus came, and you know the whole story about Jesus dying on the cross. He that knew no sin became sin for us. Okay, he, he died on the cross. And so there's the illustration that we have when Jesus was praying in the garden and he asked the Lord or he asked his God, he said, let this cup pass from me. The cup represented the wrath or the sin or, or the, the humanity of man of all the things that we've done to be deprived. Jesus said, let this become me. And I don't know if you fully understand the whole illustration of what happened in scripture when this happened. But on the cross, he literally, in the garden, he said, let the cup pass from me. But in the, on the cross, he cried out, Lord, I thirst. Literally in that matter of I'm ready, lay it upon me. During that time, the Bible talks about how the, the sky turned black because God, literally, God had to turn his back on his son and to turn his back on his son so that his son could become sin for us. And in that moment, Jesus, that became sin for us, cries out to the Father, why have you forsaken me? Because God had to turn his back on unrighteousness so that God could, it could, so that Jesus could die for our sins in that moment. But then at the end of it, Jesus cries out, it is finished. Now, we know the visual of that on the cross, but behind the scenes, what's going on is the tabernacle thing. Because now it's labeling him as the great high priest. Let me read it again. This is what's going on. It says that then seeing then that we have a great high priest that passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast a profession. So here's what happened. Not this. This time it was a little different. The first time it was a matter of when the high priest would go in, they couldn't get in the Holy of Holies. Actually, it was so bad that if they died, they had to have a rope around them to drag their bodies out because nobody was able to have access to God. Jesus was different because he knew no sin. He was the son of God. So Jesus that took our sin, paid the price on the cross, declared that it is finished. And it says he passed into the heavens, going before God saying, I paid the price. It's done. It's finished. So that this would be taken out of the way. That is what communion is all about. That is, that is the whole point of this thing. But I, I'm here to tell you that we struggle with this. We struggle with this. I struggle in my heart and mind. I, I, I struggle with doubt and fear and anger. And, I, and I've had times where I literally thought, and you guys think I'm crazy. I've literally had times that I thought that God just was not happy with me. Have you ever had that thought? I thought if I'm not a good enough pastor that God's trying to bump me out of the way. And say, you're crazy. You haven't been in my shoes. The spiritual warfare, when I have complete access to not just go before God, to boldly go before God, and Satan reminds me of my sin, it pulls me back. So the Bible says this, and Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the profession. Do you know what he's saying by this? He said, you need to hold fast or hold on to or retain or be reminded that this is not an issue anymore. If we make this an issue, it's because we make it an issue, not because it's an issue with God. He literally, you know, the Bible talks about taking the, our, our, our handwritten ordinances that were against us and nailing them to the cross, taking them out of the way, the passage says. That's literally what Jesus said. Our path to God is this, not this anymore. But I think sometimes we still treat it as if we're coming to the Holy of Holies, as if we don't have access to God. But the whole point of Hebrews when he was the high priest is Jesus made a way. 
you have access to God. And I'm telling you, not Pastor Tony, not just priests, not just the Old Testament, not Paul and Silas. You, you, every single one of you, every person watching online, you have access to the throne of grace. It's not about your status. It's not about your background. It's not about the good or bad that you've done. It's because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. When he said it is finished, he went before God and passed into the heavens and said, I did it, Dad. I did it. That is our status. But here's the second thing. Let me show you the next verse. It says, Jesus, it, Jesus made a way, and we remember that he dealt with our sin. But the next part is, Jesus cares about you deeply. And you think, oh, that's cute. He's going to try to make this personal. Now, let me show you this next verse. In the Old Testament, with the, the, the priests, it was so impersonal. They would literally kill the animal, go in there with the blood, sprinkle it there, have the table of showbread, go into the Holy of Holies, sprinkle it there, all the different things that they did. It was very impersonal. But when Jesus did it, listen to this. You ready? Verse 15. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. When Logan was diagnosed, it hit me so hard. It wasn't just everybody said the facts. Okay, can I just lay out the facts? The facts were this. God is good. I think they were wanting me to respond in the hospital all the time. I was not in the mood. I know the facts. I know the fact that God answers prayer. I know the facts that God's never made a mistake. I know the facts that God is sovereign. I know the facts. I know the facts. But I'm so thankful that God cares about my feelings. And I know for some, we just like, don't trust in your feelings and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about feelings that are real, that I was broken inside. And he says, you don't have a high priest. It's like God coming to me saying, I want you to come. And says, but I'm so broken. He said, can I tell you that he's touched with the feelings of your infirmities? He gets the, the fear that you have. He understands the pain that you have. He understands the tears that you shed. He understands the doubt that you have. He understands the brokenness. He sees you when you feel like your kids won't talk to you. He understands the fact that you're fearful of the future. He, 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 he understands that you have not been sleeping well because you're filled with anxiety. He understands the fact that you feel like you're going under and nobody cares. He understands the fact that your, your spouse doesn't see you or care about you and everything's falling apart. He is touched. He is moved. He is grieved. He, is, he, he, is, he sympathizes. He empathizes with us. He cared about every time I got a CT scan for Logan. He, he cared about every time I wanted to give up. He cares for you, not just cares for you. He cares for you deeply. It wasn't just a matter of, I want to take this out of the way. It was a matter of as much as, as much as God hates sin, it's like me hating the cancer. I want it out. I want it out. I want it out. Get it out of the way because I know that it hurts the ones that need to go to God. So whatever hesitation you have, you need to know this, that God cares about how you feel. God cares deeply about the emotions that you have that rip you apart he dealt with the facts. He took sin out of the way. And then he says, I also care about how you feel. He cares about what we're going through. But we need to be reminded of that. Because some of you are not here like you should be. Because you're stuck here. What God's already dealt with. And it's breaking the heart of God that you're not running to the throne of grace. You're not running to the Father because you're being 
spiritually, mentally manipulated by Satan of things that Satan, God's already taken care of. He's taken it out of the way. 